Welcome to World Worth Wandering Conversations. I'm your host, Hilda, and I am so happy you're here. This virtual space is home to unedited conversations around subjects that are near and dear to my heart with people who have cultivated a life around these same areas. We will dive into topics that range from all types of travel and adventure to nature therapy, conservation, and more. My hope is that these conversations will encourage you to live a more purposeful, inspired, and fulfilling life. Let's protect our planet, explore nature, adventure often, love others, and be present. Let's go wander. Welcome to my very first episode of World Worth Wandering Conversations. I am so excited and a little bit nervous to launch this podcast, but you guys are in for a serious treat with my first guest. I can't wait to introduce you to her. Reminder that all of my episodes are raw and unedited, so you guys are going to get the real deal conversations. And now, without further ado, I introduce you to Preeti, the eager traveler. Hi. Hi, Preeti. How are you? Good. How are you? I am doing well. Thank you for being here and chatting with me today. Of course. I'm super excited to talk about anything and everything travel. So thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks. Me too. So um, I'm just going to take a moment to introduce you really quickly. And then we'll get started talking about the good stuff. Um, Sounds good. All right. This is Preeti. She's a San Francisco Bay based Indian American um, influencer and we are just going to pick your brain about everything travel, your experience as a person of color in the travel space, and just see where this conversation goes. These are all unedited, raw conversations, so they get to hear the real deal of this talk that we're about to have. So I'm going to start with my question that I ask everybody, and that is, Share one pivotal travel experience or highlight that you've had that stands out in your mind, in your heart, in your spirit, and why it was so impactful. I want you to relive that with me. That is such a hard question. You know that, right? I do, but I feel like it's even even harder to ask people, like, what's your favorite place you've ever been? Because I know that one's like, wait, what? Like yeah. this way, I'm not asking you to tell me your favorite place. Just one moment or experience that like stands out. And I, and I, and I like that because it's not really about that one specific country that everyone's like expecting yes. me to share. Yes. Um, but I've had a lot of, you know, different moments, but I will say a couple that really stand out to me is probably when I visited the stands right before the pandemic. And 
Um, for those of us or, you know, people who aren't familiar with the stands, they're basically part of um, the countries that are part of the ancient Silk Road. Mm. And for me, um, as I'm sure for a lot of people, you know, I grew up sort of reading about Alexander the Great and Genghis Khan. Yep. Uh, and so for me to actually go visit the Silk Road and five of yeah. those countries was incredible. Wow. But what really stood out for me is the people um, and the way I, I think what I would I would phrase that as is by saying that I learned a lot about human connections on that mm -hmm. trip. And it was about basically how open humans can be despite language and cultural barriers, because a lot of the people that I met traveling through those countries, you know, we didn't speak the same language. We didn't have a common language, mm -hmm. but the way that I was welcomed. And to be welcomed in such a way unanimously in, in almost each of those countries by strangers who invited me to come to their place and dine with them, strangers that would hug me on the road, strangers that wanted to take photos with me. I mean, yeah. I'm a person of color, you know, so for somebody, for a brown girl like me feeling so welcomed yeah. in, in those countries was it was just an absolute joy and it felt amazing being brown, being Indian, and being welcomed by these strangers wherever I went in those countries was like just spectacular. Um, so human connection really stood out to me. And, and, and I just smile even today just thinking about those trips because it was so heartwarming um, to connect with these women in, in the way that I did. Uh, without being able to really speak the language, we connected a lot through photography. I took a lot of photographs mm -hmm. of them. Um, and we would try to, you know, use hand gestures to kind of figure out what our names were or where we were from. Um, and then we laughed and giggled a lot at each other. <laughs> um, but that's one experience that that really I think speaks to, you know, my spirit and, and really kind of stands out for me um, throughout most of my travels. Wow. Wow. Well, I'm smiling ear to ear as if I were there. So hearing <laughs> that, I've like choked up. Oh. I'm so emotional, but that's so beautiful. And what, what a blessing to have experienced that. Um, which are the five countries that you visited? You said you visited five, right? Yeah, I think the stands actually make up a group of seven countries. So I visited yeah. Uzbekistan, Kyrgyzstan, Kazakhstan, Turkmenistan, and Tajikistan. And the <sighs> other two of the stands were Pakistan and Afghanistan, which both of them I did not visit on okay. that trip. So, okay. Have um, you visited them since or no? Not yet. Uh, no. So as an Indian, um, traveling to Pakistan might be a tad bit difficult if I wanted to go back into India, which I do because I have family there. Got it. Um, so I'm still trying to work around that. I would really love to go to Pakistan, but I think there are some issues with oh, holding a, being an Indian, um, and then trying to visit. So I think there are some political implications there that I'm not a hundred percent clear on. Okay. Um, and Afghanistan, I think at this point, I don't think I can visit and I, I you know, the, the, given the situation that that country is currently under. So yes. unfortunately that will have to wait for a while. So, okay. Well, yeah. I haven't visited any of the stands, so that is really cool. And to be honest, like when you ask people a question like this, 
that area of the world isn't usually what comes up. So I think that is so awesome. Um, and that actually brings me to my next question. Um, your background, like, tell me a little bit about like where you were born and how you ended up in San Francisco doing what you do now, what you do there. Share a little bit about that. Yeah. So I was actually born in India. I wasn't born in the States and my parents immigrated here with me when I was around 12 years old. Uh, my mom and I were classical Indian dancers at that time, Ooh. and my mom got invited as a dance teacher um, to teach in the school here in Minnesota. Um, and it turned out that that didn't quite work out the way that she expected. Uh, my dad couldn't exactly find a job. He was an, he was an engineer who had his own business in India. But because we kind of landed in the 80s in a recession, um, Detroit was, you know, in a deep recession. He couldn't really get an engineering job. We kind of moved around a lot from Michigan to Minneapolis to Missouri mm. until finally we came to California because my mom's brother was here. Um, and he kind of said, Hey, before you guys head back to India, just give California, you know, a shot. Like, why don't you come stay with me for a couple months? And so we kind of came to California and then, you know, my dad and mom continued to work some temporary jobs. Like my dad had like a $5 job and he worked like night shifts and my mom was working at the mall. And finally my dad switched his major, I think at the age of, and in his forties, he went to a local school university actually, and he got his MBA and he switched his degree completely from engineering to accounting. Okay. And then he got a job. Um, and then my mom continued working. You know, she kind of got a job at the at the city and she was doing marketing. And so things started to look a little better for them. And so we kind of just stayed in California and I grew up here. So I basically did my education, my college, everything here. Um, so I got my MBA as well. You know, when you're from the Indian background, like education is huge. Right. And really the expectation is that you don't just get an undergrad. You also need kind of like some kind of a master's degree. <laughs> so I kind of went with the norm and did all of that. And, and my heart was never really in it necessarily. I kind of wanted to be a journalist or, mm. um, you know, kind of go into the creative field. I wanted to be, in, I wanted to, I wanted to somehow get a degree in literature or journalism, but watching how my as an immigrant and you know on Sundays we'd go to church and just get like stand in line to get like secondhand clothing when we were living in the Midwest yeah. I as a single child knew that I did not I would have to rely on myself as an adult and I knew that I did not want to ever be in a position where I was struggling so you know long story short I went into some kind of tech field and so I work uh full-time in tech marketing so I do marketing for a tech company okay. but about 10 years ago I got really sick for about six months. They didn't know what was going on. And then they mm. finally diagnosed, they diagnosed me with a cyst. I had surgery. We removed the cyst, got endometriosis, was diagnosed with that, which is a really painful, debilitating condition that happens like once a month with like severe oh, abdominal crush and nausea and all of that stuff. But I then realized that I wasn't going to be climbing up the corporate ladder. I wasn't interested. So yeah. I got off the corporate ladder and I went into agency work which enabled, it was still in marketing, but it allowed me to be a consultant and I could work from home. And basically I turned it into a remote gig where I could just work from anywhere in the world. Ugh. And I built up like a level of trust where they allowed me to just travel and work from anywhere. And that's how I started the eager traveler on the side oh. because I started traveling. I was always traveling and doing like kind of like off the beaten path type of and my friends were like, you got to like start writing about it. Like, it's so cool what you do. And so that's how my blog was born. 
Ah, okay. it was all on the side and it wasn't until last year during the pandemic where I really started focusing on the blog. I started focusing on Instagram. I started focusing on photography and then everything just blew up. And 2021, I just started making an income from my travels. Wow. The dream. I know. And I'm sorry. That was a very long winded explanation of what I do. No, it's not long winded. We want to hear. This is a time to learn about you and your journey. That is amazing. So this is fairly recent then. Yeah. Yeah. Like I've been on Instagram for a long time. If anyone scrolled through, they'll see I was probably on since 2013, 2014, but I didn't, I had no idea about the social media industry back then. I don't know what I was doing. I was just posting stuff, you know, and I don't know if it like really existed as like an industry back then. Did it? So think about, so 2014, when I, when I was starting to like, um, start posting stuff there, the blonde abroad for many of you. I know know yeah, she also got on Instagram around that same time. And then if you yep. kind of look at our trajectories, it's so interesting because she pursued it with kind of like a focus and built her business from that time onwards, right. where I had no clue that this was an industry. Right. Yeah. Same. <laughs> and I just sort of rambled on doing whatever. And even my blog, I never really wrote anything. And and it's, it's kind of crazy how both our trajectories, like how we've kind of grown because she's just, she took off from from right. even then 2014 2015 because she had like a goal and she was so focused and right trailblazer um, yeah absolutely so yeah, it took me a while to kind of get dialed into the program but here I am <laughs> yeah that's awesome so did you take photography classes or was that like something that you was self-taught or how because your pictures are gorgeous Oh, thank you. I, I, you know, a lot of it was self-taught, like a lot of us, right? We're just yep. kind of, you know, this is kind of like all this industry, the wild, wild west, you know, there's no yeah. like, official degree that we can go get or anything like right. that. So, I and mean, definitely, it's a great thing. And mm-hmm. so I, it's all just self-taught and, you know, good photography is so subjective. Like um, it, it really kind of just depends. There right. are some technical specs that make a fo- photograph like good technically but a lot of right. it is just left up to the viewer right right so I've kind of just been finding my way through this photography journey and um, I think last year because of the pandemic I had some time and so I just would go out and shoot a lot mm-hmm. and the biggest advice or tip that I can give somebody is that you know just take that camera and go out every single day if not every single day go out every single week near your neighborhood you don't have to go far just walk yeah. around and start learning that way but I will say that I did take an online workshop last year to kind of really learn sort of some of the technical nuances of photography. And then this year, you know, I kind of enrolled myself in a as well as I did in-person workshops. Um, So I believe deeply in investing in myself. And um, that's where I kind of focused this year as well. So um, speaking of how this is like a whole new industry, I was reading one of your posts from, I want to say it was like a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. and you were talking about the pay gap between ethnicities. Mm-hmm. I was shocked. Like, I knew it was bad because it's pretty much bad in every industry, but yeah. that was like staggering. Um, I know. Do you think that, like, because there's been like obviously like a lot of noise in the past couple of years being made mm-hmm. about the discrepancies. Do you think that there's like change on the horizon there or do you think we still have a long ways to go? 
I definitely think there's change and there's been change since, you know, the last year alone. Um, I think with everything that happened last year, um, I think there's been some change. I, I think publications and tourism boards are, you know, kind of cognizant about the fact that, hey, we do need to step up and, you know, we do have to start kind of uh, just walking the walk and talking the talk. And yeah. there are some tourism boards, though, I will say that still try to, I feel like, you know, I, I suspect that they're undercutting maybe a colored influencer more than a white influencer um, because they still say things like, oh, I can only pay you like $700 for like, you know, three days worth of work, mm -hmm. but we want all this content. Or right. there are tourism boards even to this day that say that, oh, I'm sorry, we can't pay for it, but this, we could cover like your accommodations and your journey there and everything that yeah. you're doing. But it's like, no, the days of that, of doing all the stuff for free is over. Like, you don't right. understand. Like, I'm not going to take this for free. But so I do make exceptions, of course, um, yeah. depending on the assignment. I will make an exception here or there. But very happy and very proud to say that 90% of my assignments this year were all paid. Um, Yay! Congratulations! Yeah, long, thank you. It was such a long time coming. Um, I, I still somehow people are making like 100k 200k doing this full time oh, because girl you, you and me both <laughs> yeah like i'm like how are you guys doing this because i it because i saw it this year firsthand first of all there's a complete lack of consistency you know like yeah. i don't know where my next paycheck is going to come from in this industry right yeah and secondly it's the pay you don't always get like i'm saying if, if I'm, i i did one assignment with a tourism board that literally paid me 700 bucks i'm like yeah what am that's, I going to do with 700 that's, bucks? That's rough. That's like you're spending money while you're there. Correct. Correct. <laughs> so it's like, you know, it's just, it's so interesting. I, I will, however, be optimistic and positive and say, you know, things can only improve. The change is on the horizon, back to your yeah. question, no doubt. But there's a yeah. long way to go simply because there's no way to know how much exactly my white peers are earning versus the colored influencers and how to compare and how to call out the brands and say, um, no, right. I'm not going to take $700 because last month you paid so-and-so $5,000 for the same thing. Right. There's no way for me to do that right now. So right. it's a little bit of a negotiation game still. And then I have to be ready to walk away when the $700 uh, contract comes into my inbox. It's like, no, nope, I'm not going to do it. Bye. You're right. Yeah. So yeah. That's yeah, the worst are the ones that you get in your inbox that say, we'll give you a discount on our website if you post 17 photos in three reels. You're like, I know. Um, no, thanks. I know. <laughs> That's not going to happen. Because last year I had a, or maybe it was earlier this year, but I had a very large international tourism board approach me and I was so excited because I wanted to work with them. And I was so angry at the proposal because it was no pay, but it was basically a $500 Expedia voucher. And mm -hmm. then it was a $900 um, Eurorail pass for 26 stories on Instagram, for nine Instagram photographs and posts and captions, and then a bunch of work and live um, stuff that needed to be done through Facebook. And I was like... I tried explaining this so many times on email to them that, you know, I don't understand, like, how you expect me to do this without payment. Like, I can't because then I, I'm shortchanging all the other BIPOC influencers who are trying to change this. Right. Yes. Um, and it and sounds what, like that was going to cost you in the end. I mean, they were just like, oh, just take your old content and repurpose it while we're sitting around and while we can't travel. And I'm like, I'm like, 
No, because he, I'd have to re-edit those images. They were taken five years ago. Yeah. And you still want me to do 26 stories or whatever. Like, I literally charged 300 bucks for, like, you know, two frames. Yeah. And you want me to do 26 stories. And you a $500 Expedia voucher and a $900 Eurorail pass, because I don't even know when I can go to Europe and use a Eurorail. Like, that's not... Right. It's not money in my pocket, in my bank. Right. And you're still treating this as, like, a hobby, then, if that's right. what you're offering me. And yeah. there are influencers who will take this up for free, like I did too back in the day when I started. So it's it's really the wild, wild west. It's it's just a conundrum in so many ways. Yes. But it made me so mad. But I literally just said, I don't care if I burn this bridge, but and I don't like to burn bridges at all. But yeah. I did send them that email saying, I, I really thank you for approaching me, but I can't take this up. And there are other influencers that are probably a better fit for this. But if I if I took this up, I would be doing a great disservice to BIPOC creators everywhere. So I, yeah. I have to respectfully decline. And that was my email to them. And they never responded back. Mm. But it's fine. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't meant to be. No. And I think some at some point in time, I think if you're really trying to make a difference, you have to take a stand somewhere. You can't like you got to walk the walk and talk the talk. Otherwise, you're just you're just a hypocrite in, in, in some aspects. Right. There has to be some sort of authenticity in what you're doing. I think so. Yeah. And yeah. that means saying no to certain things and certain tourism boards, no matter how big they are. Right. Right. Well, that's good. That's that's hard. And it's hard. Maybe you would have said yes a couple of years ago, but fortunately, yeah, you're for sure. not in that space anymore. And then maybe that could be like a foot in for somebody else who's trying to. Um, totally get in, you know totally so and I did that... see my peers like there were some peers of mine who did take up that assignment I did see those posts coming through and I thought to myself well good for them yeah as long as they're getting something out of it and they're learning and they don't you know mind and, and everybody's yep. doing this for a different purpose it's it's great right. right so how has travel been for you the past two years I think travel has been um definitely interesting it's 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 been different and i i think i focus a lot more on domestic travel i've been cautious about international travel mm -hmm. i just don't want to you know I'm, I'm cognizant of the fact that i'm you know living at home with my husband and i don't want to get him sick and as a traveler traveling internationally i don't want to get other people sick as well so i've right. been cautious and i've only been to like i think two or three international destinations in these last two years mm -hmm. um all of them have been pretty like outdoorsy. Um, and so it's been great. What's been a little challenging are the different rules for each country. Right. And, um, so, like, you know, especially with Mexico this year, it, it was, it was tough because you, you know, if I'm, I don't speak Spanish and mm. when you get to the airport, I realized that there were some online forms that I needed to fill out. I, I you know, there was actually an article that I contributed to for Forbes where, you know, the journalist, um, Alexandra Talti is actually talking about this and talking about all the different rules and how, especially in Mexico, you know, it's, it's really confusing and yeah. it's stressful because you have to board a flight. The forms are not working. You have to fill them out online. There's error yeah. messages popping up on the app on your phone. And you're trying to explain this to the person behind the desk in English and they only speak Spanish and you have to board the yeah. flight. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. tough. I honestly didn't even think about that from that perspective so I'm Hispanic and I do speak mm -hmm. Spanish mm -hmm. so it never even occurred to me that that would be hard because I just got up to the desk and started speaking in Spanish when there right, was an issue right. so that is something that's a good point that's yeah and 
and, and that's where like my biggest tip is also like you know so back before maybe we would cut corners a little bit and come to the airport like an hour or two hours before but now I'm like basically saying get to the airport as early as you can like even right. three hours right. for an international flight because you just don't know what's going to happen at the airport like right. there are forums and then there's multiple forums and multiple QR codes like mm-hmm. they needed they needed a QR code from like when I'd actually um, um, checked in for my flight um, and then they needed a separate QR code from the app that I had to fill out at the airport. Like there's all these different rules that you don't really know about until you get to the airport, depending on which right. country you're in. Right. You can research and research and research exactly. and have like a good idea. Yes. But there's always a surprise. Yes. Always. Inevitably. Exactly. So I would say that's been a little bit of a challenge, but overall, like, you know, I've been doing a lot of domestic travel too, and it's been terrific. Um, no issues. And, and it's just been great for my mental sanity to be able to get out mm-hmm. and see so much um, and explore and, and connect in a different way to the earth and yep. um, yes. still realize how beautiful the United States is, how beautiful my own backyard is. And mm-hmm. there's always been this perception that you have to leave home and go to far flung destinations in order to have yourself an adventure. Right. And for me, that's been shattered completely. It's like, yes. oh my God, our country is so exotic. There's yes. so many beautiful destinations. If only we would step out yeah. and cross over our own mental boundaries and go explore. Yep. It's incredible. I feel like I was stuck there too. Like I felt like I needed to be in a far off land to really yeah. be an adventure. And yeah. that was also shattered for me this year. I was yeah. like mind blown when I started looking around and there were things that like I knew, but they hadn't really clicked. Like yeah. we have in America, we have mountains, we have deserts, we have rainforests, we have, yeah. we have swamps. We, we literally have everything, everything, everything here. And I was like, what? like, I knew that, but it never really clicked until the past couple of years. And I also started traveling more domestically and I was just mm-hmm. like, what? What what was I thinking? Like this place, there's like a reason everyone in the world wants to come here. Like this place is awesome. It's awesome. And you know, there's another reason that I feel like I know a lot of Americans get a bad rap for not really having a passport or not traveling. And and that's a different topic as to why everybody needs to travel abroad, because it can, you know, definitely broaden your horizons. But with that said, I can understand why a lot of people really don't leave the country because I think a lot of them just, you know, get like what one or two weeks vacation a year. And I think a lot of them choose to like spend it RVing or van Mm -hmm. lifing it for like one or two weeks to a national park that's like miles away from them. Right. And hey, I can totally understand why they're happy just doing that because like you said, everything here in this country. Right. Yeah. I've had so many mind blowing experiences here. Mm -hmm. Same as I have in other countries in the past couple of years that I was like, this is here. Like, Wow. It's awesome. So I noticed you've been doing a lot of California travel lately. Yeah. You were just in the Redwoods. Mm-hmm. That is amazing. Have you had a chance to like all of the California national parks? Yeah. So I am short uh, by two. And the two that are still remaining, because we have nine national parks in California. Right. Mm-hmm. So and you would think after having lived here for like a bazillion years, I would have visited everything. But as we all know, <laughs> I really only started discovering 
Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of these national parks last year, but um, so what's remaining is the Pinnacles National Park, which is okay. really an extremely underrated national park. Agree. And um, and I think the other one is I want to say it's the Champions National Park. Okay. Okay. Um. So yeah, yeah so the Channel Islands National Park. Yeah, down in SoCal by Ventura. Yep. So that's the other one. It's a little more complicated to kind of plan that one, but yeah, those two are on my list next. Yeah, they are awesome. I just checked out Pinnacles for the first time. Oh, wow, what do you think? This year. I thought it was amazing. I definitely want to go back. Like it mm-hmm. had some serious like Jordan vibes. Oh I my was, gosh! Like yeah, it was it was pretty amazing. There's a lot wow. of rock climbing there. And uh-huh. I decided that when I go back, I definitely want to rock climb while I'm there. I'm not yes. like an avid rock climber or anything, but there are tour companies that will take like beginners rock climbing there. Oh, and nice. I was like, oh, that would be an awesome way to see it because I saw it by trail last time I was there, which yeah. is cool. But I was like, well, that would be a cool way to experience it next time. Right. And I had been like, I had known about it for a couple of years and I was like, yeah, I need to go. It's like so close. It's like two hours from me. And I just like never made it a priority because I was always busy leaving the country. And then the past couple of years, I was like, you know what? I need to finish hitting up all of the like California national parks now because why not? And I finished visiting all of them yesterday. Oh my gosh. I know. That's amazing. I know. I was so excited. It was like seriously super happy moment. That had been like a bucket list item for me for years. Yes. I can totally totally relate. On the back burner. But I was like, you know what? This one's gonna happen now. So so happy for you. Congrats. Thank you. Yeah, it was it was pretty awesome. Death Valley was my last one and I finally visited. That's a beautiful one. one. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. I was so surprised surprised by it I know me too you I had no idea what was in store I was like oh it's a desert it's gonna be a bunch of nothing right but it's not like I actually saw one of the like top three most beautiful sunsets I've ever seen in my life there and I was like wow this place where did you see that sunset um artist palette oh gosh did the skies burn they it was like it was it was actually kind of annoying to photograph. They were mm-hmm. like the so they were like the brightest shade of pinks that wow. I've ever seen in my life. And oh my they gosh. were like swirly because there was like some light clouds, like wow. not any serious clouds. So right. it seriously looked like an artist took oh a paintbrush with oh different God. shades of pink and like swirled it in the sky and Amazing. every time I took a photo with any of my cameras it was showing up like bright orange red and I was getting so mad because even though that looked beautiful too I was like that's yeah. not what it looks like, like right. this is pink with my eyeballs like why are you orange oh, in this photo but it was God. just so beautiful it was so beautiful and I was like this is right here I know. Like, this is right here. It was I it was know. really amazing. But yeah, I, I kind of felt that too because I think I really I've been to Death Valley a long, long time ago as a kid, but then I think for the very first time as an adult, I went back, I think earlier this year, and it was just incredible. Like artist palette, um, the the salt uh area, mesquite flats, and, and yeah. the 
the sand dunes. I think that's Mesquite sand dunes. Yep. Um, bad water is the salt flats, but oh my yeah. God, I'm like, what are these places? They look like another planet. They really do. I know. I was driving from Mesquite Flats to Artist Palette, and I was yeah. like, okay, I'm now entering Mars. Like, totally. I know. So cool. I it know. was in the whole area, too. Like, not even just the actual national park, but like mm-hmm. Alabama Hills, I've decided oh my God, are, yes. are like one of my favorite places in the United States, like, if not the world. Like, such yeah. a cool area. Such a cool area. Did you go to Trona Pinnacles by any chance? Chona Pinnacles. No, I you don't gotta hit that know. up time. It's um, it's right when you leave Alabama. Okay. Um, it's kind of like on your way, probably back. Um, but it's really cool. It's very off the beaten path, and it's kind of got like like some similar formations. Mm. Um, and then you can kind of like drive around through the uh, different pinnacles that are kind of sticking out. But the sunsets there are also incredible. Wow. Yeah, I definitely already decided that I'm going back to Alabama Hills like ASAP because I want to do like a road trip like where Mm -hmm. I dedicate time specifically to that area. Like Mm -hmm. this time it was more like I want to hit, you know, Death Valley. Right. Next time I want to just focus on Alabama Hills because that like blew my mind. And it was so cool because you have like all of these like red and orange like huge rock formations and then in the background is mount whitney correct it's like so spectacular yeah it was amazing and just to like think about like where you are in the world i know it's in alabama it's like it's like you're in the middle of nowhere and i'm like what is this place why have i only heard about it now yeah yeah, you know, and apparently movies were filmed there too, like the Western movies, right? Yes, so many. I and know. it's so cool because you're like 40 miles from the lowest place mm-hmm. in the United States. And I know. Like 20 miles from the highest place in the continental United yes. States. And How you're crazy like, is that? This is wild. <gasps> like, this is a really place yeah it was really it was a really cool experience and I can't wait to go back I know I want to go back to it's like it's funny because there's a lot of places in California that I just want to go back to and relive mm-hmm. or, or do it differently or have better weather um because yep. when I went to Alabama Hills like I was camping and it was okay. so freaking windy oh um, we actually put rocks inside the tent which you should actually never do oh, but there was, no. we just couldn't stake it it was the yeah. ground was so dry it was so hard to stay yep and then I thought the tent was going to like rip into two, like at 2 a.m. in the morning. And finally, we just Gosh. crawled into the car. Um, it was terrible. So I definitely want to redo of that trip. But the sunrise over Mount Whitney, I'll never forget. Yeah. Yeah. Such amazing views there. I know. So speaking of local, can you share like a few local gems in your area? Yeah. Um, I feel like some of the gems here are like, Lassen Volcanic National Park. It's a national park, but I feel like a lot of people just kind of don't know about it Mm -hmm. or they overlook it. But um, it's got like some really cool hikes. They have like a a volcano hike. Mm -hmm. Um, So you can actually hike up a volcano and get to the very top, which is really cool. It's a 10,000 feet uh, summit. And they also have another hike in the park where you can actually see like painted dunes. Um, It's super pretty and you have to get to the top of that in order to see that, but it's really nice. And then they kind of have like um, these bubbling hot geothermal pools 
um, on another hike, which a lot of people really don't know about because they always think of like Grand Teton and mm-hmm. Yellowstone as having the prismatic, which is, of course, phenomenal. Right. But Lassen also has like these bubbling uh, pools and geothermal, uh, you know, hotspots, which I feel like people don't know about. So it also has like some really pretty lakes um, that you can swim in, that you can backcountry camp in. Um, so it's a real kind of like a gem in Northern California, mm-hmm. but also I'll say like the gold country area, a lot of people don't know about. And there's like these little towns that are gateways to like the Hetch Hetchy where you can hike and you have amazing trails, but little towns like Sonora yeah, town, yeah. Um, you know, but they're all like part of the historic California gold country yep. and you've got Calaveras County. You've got Mur- the little caves, Murphy's. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And, and nobody really knows about the big tree state park near Murphy's, but Murphy's has some phenomenal cute air, you know, uh, Airbnbs or bed and breakfast. Um, and it's got like, I think about 20 plus wine tasting rooms downtown. Um, it's for everyone. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's like car. It's like what Carmel probably used to be 20 years ago. Yeah. That's Murphy's today. So yeah, I would say people coming into Northern California, like they don't really touch gold country because they go for all the popular spots. Yeah. But man, gold country like turned out to be like such a gem for me. Um, I was just blown away. I was like, what is this place? Like, and why have I never heard of this again? Yeah, I went um, mushroom hunting. In, oh, wow. And I think it was Murphy's. My, like, hey, I found this place online. Or not this yeah. place online. This guy online that does, like, takes people out, like, mushroom hunting. And, like, tells you what all the mushrooms are. And so you went foraging. Like, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Learn about, like, I mean, we couldn't take any of them home. But um, he was just like identifying them and Ah. showing us what they are. And I was blown away by how many different species of mushrooms there are out there. Wow. It was really cool. I didn't even know it was a thing. She's like totally the one that found this random dude online that I was thankful for. But um, And then that kind of put me like on a little trajectory to like I want to learn about mushrooms I mean it was short-lived but like I still think (laughs) mushrooms are super cool and they like taking pictures of them and stuff but like for a minute I was like buying all the books and like trying to figure out what they all were and yeah um it yeah, was- they're pretty. They're pretty great though, because my cousin, um, she's a she's a forager, and she goes mushroom foraging a lot. So she kind of will always post all these photos, and and she'll cook them, and then mm-hmm. she'll talk about the different like antioxidants and all the different you know properties, yeah, and the benefits of mushrooms. It's amazing how yeah. like healthy they are and all the different types of benefits that you can get from a mushroom. I had no yep. idea. Yeah, yeah, I think it's like one of the or like the only food you can get vitamin d from i think really or something like that like there are very few foods it might be the only one but you have Mm. to cook it otherwise you have to like supplement or get it from the sun like Mm. there are very few foods you can get vitamin d from i'm pretty sure it's vitamin d and it's mushrooms Mm, that's interesting yeah so do you have any upcoming trips domestic or international coming up yeah, I think, um, so I, my last trip was obviously the Redwoods National Park, and I was yeah. hoping to kind of fit in the pinnacles this weekend, mm. um, but the Bay Area is, you know, sort of forecasted for 
kind of cloudy weather, heavy rains actually through yeah. next week. So I'm not sure if it's going to rain this weekend or not. And I don't know if I can get my husband to kind of come with me. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I just want to stay home and relax. So maybe um, I am leaving for Hawaii on the 30th. Okay. So we're going to just you know, take a few days, just me and him and relax in Kauai, maybe get some hiking in, ring nice. in the New Year there. Yeah. And then come back. So that's actually my next trip if I don't get out to the Pinnacles this weekend. So that's a lot. That's that is like a lot. That's a decent amount to fit in because there's only like a week left this I know. year. So I know. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I know. This year went by so fast. It did. It went by so fast. I still can't believe we're going to enter 2022. And the no third week. year of the pandemic. Oh my gosh. I hadn't even thought about that. Like, how insane is that? I thought that this would get done in year one. Whoa. And it's like going to be year three in Jan. I'm like, oh my God. Wow. I know. Well, now my mind is blown. I hadn't even like <laughs> thought about that. It felt like it felt like we were still in year one, even though I knew we were in year two. But now yeah. we're going to year three. I'm like, what? I know. I know, but you know, like looking <sighs> back, I feel like pretty proud of the fact that I somehow, and I know this can't be said of everybody because everyone, you know, has been in different circumstances. Um, but I'm proud that somehow I just still was able to carry on and adapt. Yeah. And find a way to just bring joy. Yeah. <laughs> to myself and hopefully to others around me. Yep. And, you know, just by showing them that yes there's horrible things happening right now but 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 there's still beauty to be found around us Absolutely. and there's places that we can go and just uh re you know coop that mental sanity a little bit regain that mental sanity if you will a little bit so yeah there's, outdoors. there's ways yeah the outdoors man it's came to my major. rescue it's major <laughs> it and is. i think it's so <laughs> underestimated i feel like mm. i wish more people knew like how much healing there is to be found in the outdoors and it's like scientific too it's not just mm -hmm. like oh I'm just telling you this because I like being outside like mm. no it's real it's yeah real. I don't do you think it's underestimated how beneficial I do maybe be? maybe it's just the area I live in because yeah. the, the area I live in a lot of people don't like to spend time outdoors like they like to be indoors mm. a lot of people go like clubbing and drinking into the bars and where like, do you live uh, or like I what live in a little like in merced county central oh, california okay, okay. yeah 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 and like people's idea typically around here not everybody but i yeah. feel like for the most part like their idea of a good time is like going to san francisco and like eating at fun restaurants and yeah, like going to do right. things not so much like I do yeah know some people that enjoy spending time in the outdoors and appreciate it and yeah. those are mostly like my friends so of course like we would all have that in common but yeah um I feel like and I could be wrong but it really truly seems this way like people don't because I sometimes will even post like on my social media like hey I'm gonna go hiking in three weeks like and I'm opening up to anybody who wants to come and it's like my friends text me and then it's cricket like everybody mm. else I'm like really you guys don't want to go hiking like mm, mm. like inviting you and yeah I think you're right because like I, a lot of my friends like none of my friends really are in the outdoors anyway um it's just like maybe one or two of my guy friends are into it and I've adventured yeah. with them quite a bit 
Um, so I know what you're saying. And I, I think for me, I just feel like, yeah, everybody's in the outdoors. Everybody knows about it because I think my community on Instagram is all on the yeah. outdoors. Right. Yeah. 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 So, and I also don't feel like just because I talk in a post about like, hey, guys, you know, it's really beneficial. This is why you should go outdoors. I don't feel like anybody's influenced to go outdoors because everybody who's watching me on social media are already in the outdoors. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's why I asked you that question. Like, do you really feel like it's it's kind of like underestimated? But you're right. You're, you, it probably is. And I, yeah. and I feel like for the larger public out there, yeah, they probably maybe a lot of people don't really go out but in San Francisco a lot of people do go into the outdoors because there's a lot of trails there's a lot of hiking biking yeah do you have a favorite trail there in the city in the city um so my friends my my hiking friends will laugh laugh at this because they always say I go to the same freaking trail every weekend so every weekend my husband and I go hike when I'm in town okay and we go to the same one it's in Pacifica and it's um it's called the Montara Trail and I like it because it's got views of the ocean okay. and it's a good solid eight miler round trip mm-hmm. okay. and it's a steady uphill incline. Oh, and sounds brutal. Yeah. I mean, but it's, it's actually <laughs> not that bad. It's actually okay. it's a steady incline. It's actually pretty decent. Okay. Pretty gradual. Okay. And um, so it's like, it's, it's a great way to get outdoors. And the hike starts off into the woods and then it kind of gradually opens up and you kind of have coastal views along the way. So it's all very pretty. Sometimes the fog comes in and it creates a very misty, mysterious environment. So that's great. Nice Um, and moody. Yeah. So you you get like a good workout, you know, you get a breath of fresh air. So it's just something for us quick and dirty. We go get it done. Boom. Yeah. But I do really love the Mount Tam trails, um, the Matt Davis uh, to Stinson Beach loop is just like one of my all time favorites because you're hiking through Mount Tamalpais and you get mm-hmm. to see coastal views along the way and down to Stinson Beach, which is gorgeous, and then back up um, through the woods. So that is a classic, iconic hike. Yeah. Um, so that's, I think, something that I really like. And then for people who kind of want like a sh- quick, short, like a three mile hike, urban hike, I would say Lands End in San Francisco is another gem because. You get to see, again, the coast and you get to see the Golden Gate Bridge on the hike. And the hike is really special because it takes you to like a little hidden beach. If you choose to go down a set of steps, yeah. of course, if you go down, you got to climb up. So be yeah. ready for that. But it's it's, yeah. uh, it's really beautiful. And then there used to be a little maze by the beach where you climb up a little area and you get to see a maze um, that somebody had created, which I think in COVID had disappeared. Mm. But overall, that's another hidden gem um, in San Francisco for a little mini urban hike okay well thank you for sharing that of course. do you have like one last piece of like info you want to share with people um of all ethnicities to encourage them to go outside like to spend more time outdoors yeah i think you know i would say um I I think we get a little intimidated sometimes when maybe we don't see people who look like us doing things because I know I do. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't want to really try surfing. I don't really want to, you know, go out there and rock climb. I don't really want to do a lot of those things because I do feel intimidated. Mm -hmm. Um, But I would just say to people of color, you know, just buy a really good pair of hiking shoes and wear whatever clothes you have at home. Yeah. And then get on the trail closest to your house, shortest trail. And that's where you start. 
And don't be intimidated because one thing I realized in my journey into the outdoors is that when you get outside and into the trails and into the woods, you know, the outdoors doesn't really care who you are, what you're doing, what your race is, what your background is, what your sex is, what your gender, nothing. It doesn't care. And it's really there for everybody. So it's a lot of the boundaries are in our head and we Uh just need to break through those limitations and know that, you know, we belong in the outdoors just as much as anybody else. So just be strong and go out there and and do it for you. Don't do it for anybody else. Do it for you and, and just watch how you're, mind and your physical body just changes when you're in nature you know give it Mm -hmm. three months and then and then you'll see the changes yeah absolutely all trails is a great app and website Mm -hmm. too yeah i love all trails trails near where you live so if you like don't have any clue what's near you like there might even be one like in your town but oh, yeah, so totally. that would be a, a great resource if you're just like where do I there are no trails near me you'd be surprised oh there's always a trail near you mm-hmm. and, and and people get intimidated having to like they don't know how to do a road trip and they don't know who to go with and they don't have people that's so to combat all of that just go somewhere really close to your place yep and start or check there. out your website you have yeah, info I, yeah. Have info. So I still have you? a a lot of blogs backlog, but I'll have a lot of trail info coming up in the new year. So keep an eye out. <laughs> so can you tell people where they can find you? They can, yeah, definitely find me on the eagertraveler.com. That's one L. So that's my website. I share a lot of tips and in-depth, you know, beginner uh, guides on hiking, backpacking through some of our national parks in California and Utah, Idaho, Montana, some of the iconic trails that I love. And you can also find me on Instagram if you just like a visual, more of a visual journey and more of like live stories and things like that. So I'm on Instagram at eager travelay. I say eager travelay because there's no R at the end. Instagram wouldn't give me the R. Okay. So, um, it's E-A-G-E-R-T-R-A-B-E-L-E. And um, I'm also on Twitter and Facebook, but really more active on my website and Instagram. So okay, come well, find I'll me. I'll be sure to link you in the show notes. That's awesome. And thank you. Thank you so much for your time, for being one of my very first interviews for my podcast. I really appreciate it. I and- love that. And I'm so honored to be the first. And I, and I love that you reached out to me and wanted to give me that opportunity to tell my story and and my journey. So thank you so much. Thank you, Preeti. Have a great day, a great Christmas, New Year, safe travels. And I will continue to see you on Instagram. Absolutely. Keep in touch. Yeah, you too. And happy holidays. (laughs) Thanks. Bye. All right. Bye. Wow, she was amazing. Thank you all so much for sticking around and being here with me for my very first episode. I'm sure there's a learning curve and I hope to improve on my interview skills more and more with each episode. I hope this episode brought you value, inspiration, or maybe even just helped you pass the time. I will link Preeti in the show notes so you can find her easily online. And I hope you wander back here often to hear more conversations with amazing people. Q.
keep wandering.